Today on the Lockdown Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues take on the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Joel Hofer gets sent down to the AHL after struggling in his most recent start as the Blues give up seven goals to the LA Kings. We're going to be talking about all of that and more on today's episode of the Lockdown Blues podcast. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network and your number one source for blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. I've been covering this team for about five or so years, whether it be writing articles, making funny tweets, or doing this podcast, which I've been doing for a couple of years as well. If this isn't your first time tuning in, if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making the show part of your daily routine, making Lockdown Blues your hashtag first listen uh you can get the show free on any podcast platform also youtube as well if you want to see my beautiful face uh you can check out the show on youtube they're getting kind of close to a thousand subscribers so exciting stuff there um but yeah fun episode today the blues take on the vancouver connects tonight uh but first i want to talk about their most recent game against the los angeles kings which was one of their most, if not the most, high-scoring game of the season, uh, including both teams. I'm not sure if you know what the total is there, but uh, the Blues struggled in this first period. Um, specifically, Joel Hofer struggled, uh, having by far his worst period as an NHL goaltender, giving up five goals in that first period. Um, started off pretty early with Arvidsson getting himself a goal about 30 seconds in. I have follow made it two nothing about three minutes in and w- with just under uh, twelve minutes to go in the the first period, Kempe made it three nothing and just like that the Blues were in a pretty big hole reminiscent of sort of the some of the early season games where they really really struggled. Um, Brandon Saad cut the lead to two with his eighteenth just about thirty seconds after Kempe's goal, but Arvidsson got his second of the period and then more got himself a goal, and just like that, it was 5-1 to one Kings. Uh, and that was Hofer's last period as a member of the St. Louis Blues this season, more than likely, uh, as he did get subs, subbed out for Biddington after that period. And that's where things sort of turned around for the Blues, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about this game here, is as much as it stinks that the Blues were down 5-1 after a period and you know, gave up seven goals. The fact that they only lost this game by one goal, I think shows a lot of heart. And and that's not a result that I think the Blues would have gotten earlier on in this season when they were, you know, an absolute disaster. I think this was a loss that was just solely chalked up to the personnel and, you know, Hofer finally coming back down to earth a little bit. The defense definitely let him down and don't even get me started on the offense and the lack of shot generation. Um, But I mean, this is definitely a game that I think, you know, the Blues earlier this season could have given up 10 goals in and lost like 10-2, um, something like that. So it's tough to look at the bright side in a game like this, in a game where you give up seven goals. Um, but, you know, one, well, one possible bright side is if you're rooting for the tank, if you're rooting for the Blues to get Bedard, that's obviously a big help. You get six goals out of your offense all while losing the game. <laughs> it's about one of the most exciting ways that you could lose a game in the NHL these days. Um, 
But, you know, again, like I said, I think the fact the Blues even were in this game at all, even made it a one-goal game, is incredibly impressive. Um, You know, coming into that second period, being down 5-1, and then heading into the third period, uh, only down one is a a miracle and is something that I think is incredibly impressive. Um, Justin Falk gets himself his ninth goal of the year pretty early in that period. The Blues kept up the pressure in the second, but it didn't pay off up until the near the end of the period where Pavel Buchnevich got himself his 24th of the year, and then Jordan Cairo gets his 32nd of the year. And just like that, it's 5-4 Blues, you know, heading into this third period. You think, could they really pull this off? Could they pull off a comeback after being 5-1 down? And, you know, heading into that second period, I didn't think that there was any chance that it would be a one-goal game at the end of it. I was prepared for it to be like a, a nine-goal game uh, with the way that the Blues were playing. And, you know, anytime you bring a, a goalie in to start the period fresh and, you know, the previous goalie is struggling as much as they did, it's, it's always a tough task. And, you know... Biddington didn't have the greatest game, um, you know, struggled a little bit in that third period, but, you know, given the circumstances, I think Biddington played really strong and I was happy to see that. Um, so Kempe uh, expanded the lead to two for the Kings early in that third period. And that was a real tough one for the Blues to swallow. I think, you know, they really wanted to come out and control momentum in that third period and they didn't exactly do so. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, though, continued his amazing play for the Blues, getting his 14th of the year, and I want to say his 7th as a member of the St. Louis Blues, um, a few minutes later to cut the lead back to 1. Unfortunately, the Kings took advantage and got themselves another power play goal. They were 4 for 5 on the power play. Oh my lord. That's that's rough. Um, Got themselves their 4th power play goal with Drew Doughty. And Jordan Cairo scored with less than a minute to go, but it was too little too late, and the Blues fell to the Kings 7-6. to six. Now, in this upcoming second segment, I'm going to be going over some of the biggest takeaways from the game and then talking about Joel Hofer being sent down to the AHL, what it means for him, what it means for the future, uh, and just kind of going over his NHL stint as a whole. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, and I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so obviously the Blues struggled a little bit um, in this one to the Kings losing 7-6, and there were a couple takeaways that I wanted to talk about, dig into some of the numbers. Um, Shot generation for the Blues continues to be abysmal. They have such a hard time getting shots on goal. I mean, they ended this game with 22 shots on goal and six goals, which is astoundingly poor goaltending for the LA Kings. Um, They, I don't have the number in front of me. I have to imagine they're close to last in the NHL. Actually, let me check. In shots on goal per game, it is embarrassing. 
um, at this rate. They are surprisingly they are only twenty eighth. I figured they would be they would be worse than that, but it feels like lately they are having a very hard time cracking the even twenty five shots on goal mark, and that's just a recipe for for a struggle no matter what. Um, it, it's 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 frustrating to say the least. Uh, I think you know watching and it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is you know because it 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 feels like a lot of their opportunities are just one and done you know they're not forcing a lot of rebound opportunities but you know they're they're good at they're good on the rush they're good on the breakout they're good at creating like you know two on ones and scoring chances it just feels like they have a hard time sustaining zone pressure and when those break-ins are working, when those passes are crisp, it seems like they they score more often than not on like the first good chance that they get. But other than that, it, it like I said, it just feels like they're not the Blues that you know won the Stanley Cup. Their cycle game was so frustrating, and they were able to maintain such long zone time and so many shots on goal on one shift. And this team this year feels a lot like a one and done team in the sense that they just don't generate a whole lot of secondary and tertiary scoring opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, shot generation is a perfect example of that only getting 22 shots on goal in this game in a game that was absolutely wide open, um, you know, and they did get six goals. So, you know, you can't really complain all that much, um, but still it's, it's certainly frustrating, you know, and, and it feels like what could, <laughs> could they score 15 goals if they, you know, put 40 shots on goal, like a lot of elite offenses do obviously no team averages 40 shots on goal but I remember there was a statistic from early in the season and I'm not sure what the current state of it is but there were only three teams in the NHL that hadn't generated 40 shots on goal this was months ago Um, but there were only three teams in the NHL that hadn't generated 40 shots on goal in a game and the the two of the teams were the two worst teams in the NHL I think it was like San Jose and Chicago and then the third team was St. Louis and that was at a time when they were still in the playoff hunt still you know could potentially be a playoff team and they still haven't generated 40 shots on goal in a game. <coughs> I don't know if they have done so since then. I don't know if the other teams have done so since then, but I mean, the fact that they're only fourth worst in the NHL in shots on goal per game is surprising to me. Um, but the thing is about those teams that are behind them, I would guarantee you the blues have maybe not so much as of late, but at least early in the season, uh, they don't. They don't have the offensive depth to excuse that. I feel like the Blues' offense is way too talented to, you know, only be generating twenty eight shots on goal per game. I feel like, uh, they, 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 they just it's 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 hard. They should just be. They should be getting more. And you watch the games, and at this point, it's you know, accepted. Yep, yeah, yeah, no, this team just doesn't generate a ton of scoring opportunities. Either they get lucky and everything goes in the net, or they struggle and score one goal on you know twenty four shots. And they're lucky they haven't run into um, you know any stud goaltenders lately too much. And besides like John Gibson, and but you know that Anaheim team is really really poor. And if this Blues team were to you know make the playoffs this year, which obviously they're not going to, they would inevitably lose in four most likely. Just just you know even if they had a great defense, just because you you can't win generating consistently less than 30 shots on goal every single game, you know, especially if you're playing in a playoff series against a a really good goaltender, which is often what playoff series comes down to. So that's honestly one of the biggest things I think the Blues need to fix in the offseason, whether that be different personnel, different strategies, different game plans, because I'm getting sick and tired of of looking at the end end of the period shot total and seeing like five shots on goal, six shots on goal for a period. It's 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 frustrating and it's boring hockey. 
Um, and like I said, there's no one thing you can look at and say, yeah, that's why they're only getting so many shots on goal. I mean, yeah, not getting a ton of rebound opportunities, not getting a ton of secondary scoring opportunities definitely hurts. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's inexcusable for the name, the, the, the talent the blues have on offense to be only generating that many shots on goal per game, I think is something that should definitely stick out as something that needs to get fixed, whether it be something they work on, you know, from here to the end of the regular season or in the off season, et cetera. Um, but we'll see. Uh, other thing that really points out, sticks out to me from this game is the Blues had a lot of success on the power play, which was great, two for two, but the penalty kill, holy moly, four for five on the power play for the LA Kings, one for five on the penalty kill in this game. Yikes. Special teams will kill you in this league, and having a penalty kill that struggles that poorly is, is you know, very difficult to see. Um, Hofer had a really, really difficult period, but the blues allowed a power play goal, which the penalty kill structure was awful. They allowed a shorthanded goal, which is just, you know, inexcusable, uh, shorthanded goals should never happen. Um, and then they allowed two more power play goals. So at the end of the day, Joel Hofer only allowed one five V five goal in that period. And that was 27 seconds in off of sort of a broken play. So yeah, Hofer could have been better on the power play for sure. His position could have been a little bit better, but the Kings had such an easy time against the Blues penalty kill. Uh, it looked like they were running practice drills out there, like here's how to succeed on the power play, and it was working. I mean, they were so so good on that um, on that power play, and it, it was just impossible for Hofer and you know Bennington. It didn't take long for Dowdy to score his power play goal on Bennington either. So. You know, you can't really point fingers at goaltenders in this instance. Um, but let's talk about Joe Hofer. He got sent down to the AHL. A um, little bit disappointing, but understandable to close out the regular season. He he definitely looked a little bit rattled in that first period. He kind of came back down to earth. The magic was gone. And he wasn't, you know, wasn't Jordan Bennington of 2019. And that's proven. Um, sent down to the AHL. But I fully expect him to be a full-time NHLer next season. Uh, I expect Grice to be... <clears throat> somewhere else uh, on another team whatever, for, you know, however that may happen. And then I expect to- Joel Hofer to start off the season backing up Jordan Bennington, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a 1A, 1B situation as the season progresses. Uh, I think Hofer proved that he is a perfect goalie for the NHL. He looked posed. He looked comp- uh, composed and poised out there. <laughs> Mixed up my words. Um, and it was just very encouraging to see, you know, the Blues have – a good track record at the goaltending position, you know, whether it be drafting and developing guys, um, you know, you look at Jordan Bennington, you look at Jake Allen, you look at Brian Elliott, you know, the Blues have had solid goaltending uh, for a while now. And Joel Hofer is no different. I think he is ready to go and ready to be a, a stud in the NHL in the next coming years. And this short stint in the NHL is very, very encouraging for that reason. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do next season. That being said, though, that is all the time for this segment. I am going to head to a short ad break, and then in the third and final segment, going to be previewing tonight's matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right. The St. Louis Blues are at home tonight with a battle against the 34-34-5 Vancouver Canucks, a team that is almost identical to them in the standings, a team that I think is a little bit disappointing this year. 
as well as the St. Louis Blues, sort of similar in that sense. But looking at the actual uh, expanded standings, this is another instance where uh, a win would bump the Blues back in the the tank standings. The Canucks are one point ahead of them. The Canucks have 73 points. The Blues have 72. So if you're rooting for a tank, you're especially rooting for a loss tonight, uh, as this would put the Blues, I believe, into the... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, into the 10th pick instead of the ninth pick, whereas a loss and a Detroit win would move them up to the 8th pick. Um, Detroit is playing Pittsburgh tonight, so we'll see. Um, but other than that aside, you know, gotta gotta give the, the, the tank shout out. I know some people out there are monitoring it, and then there are other people that are like, you're not a true Blues fan if you want Connor Bedard on the team, which, come on, it would be so fun to have Connor Bedard on the team. I'm not rooting for losses, but... It's certainly, certainly a, a silver lining when the Blues lose. Like, yeah, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you're not going to be so upset about the losses when the draft lottery comes around and when that player, you know, suits up for the Blues. Um, that's why I'm kind of a big fan of the seven six loss, where there were so many encouraging things in that game. You know, the way that they rallied behind and came back from five one down, um, and still helped help them, helped out their case in terms of the draft lottery, but. I mean, no, at the end of the day, I want to see them win. You know, as much as like in the back of my mind or the devil on my shoulders, like, yeah, root for a loss. It's like, no, that's just, that's just not the way I'm trained as a sports fan. Um, like, obviously, you know, it makes it less, it, it, it's, it's an easier pill to swallow when they lose for sure. Like, I don't get pissed off like I would in, in years where they're competing for a playoff spot. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have my night ruined after a loss anymore. But I still want the team to win, more than anything. Um, anyways, I digress. Uh, Blues take on the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Jordan Bennington is expected to get the start for the St. Louis Blues. Thatcher Demko is expected to get the start for the Vancouver Canucks. Both teams around 500, both on the home and the road, so nothing big there. The Canucks do carry a three-game win streak into tonight's matchup. Um, they have a very strong offense at 11th in the NHL with 3.3 goals per game. Blues are at 17th. Shots on goal, like I talked about earlier, the Canucks not so much better than the Blues at 22nd in the NHL. The Blues are 28th. Power play, the Canucks are really, really good, 10th in the NHL. So you have to you have to hope that you figured it out, whatever the heck was going wrong in that game against LA, because you cannot have that happen against Vancouver tonight. They have a very good power play. They also are good at converting their opportunities. Uh, both the Blues and the Canucks sit at 11.2 shooting percentage, which is good for fourth in the NHL. You look at the defense, the Canucks and the Blues both struggle at 26th and 27th respective, respectively. Shots on goal allowed, however, the Canucks are the 12th best team in terms of limiting opponent shots. So tonight probably won't be a night that the Blues <laughs> figure out how to generate 40 shots on goal. But hey, maybe I'll be maybe I'll be proved wrong. Big area for the Blues to take advantage is the Canucks are the worst penalty-killing team in the NHL. So Hopefully you get some some progress there. The Blues power play was very, very good in their game against the LA Kings. So you hope that they can continue that success. In terms of what the lines are looking like, Jake Neighbors, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo has been one of my favorite lines to watch as of late. And they will continue to take the first line duties tonight. Pavel Buchnevich stays at center with Sammy Blay and Kasperi Kapanen. And another line that I'm having a great time watching. Buch at center has worked out way better than I expected. Braden Shen centers that third line with Jakob Vrana and Brandon Saad. And then Nathan Walker with Toropchenko and Pitlick. Defense, you got Letty and Pareko. Pareko still continues to be really, really good, even though he had a little bit of a tough time in that game against the Kings. But who didn't? Scandella and Falk. Great to see Falk get on the board with a goal last game. Hopefully he can carry that momentum forward. Um, 
and then Krug and Bortuzzo. Would like to see a little bit more of that, that line. I hope Krug can get his offense going a little bit more, uh, but we'll see. And then Jordan Binnington in net. I would like to see him have a big statement game tonight, you know, prove there wasn't really, obviously there wasn't really a goalie controversy, but kind of prove like, hey, no, like Joel Hofer's great and all, but I'm the starter moving forward. I would love to see him have a statement game in that sense tonight. Um, that being said, though, that is all the time I have for you guys on today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you check out the show uh, on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Thank you all so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.